Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author, speaker, and founder of New England Heart Center, Stephen Sinatra, MD. We're going to be talking about heart health today. Experts have placed an emphasis on staying physically healthy during COVID-19, but sometimes diet and exercise aren't enough to address our heart health. Dr. Stephen Sinatra offers solutions to maintaining cardiovascular health, including the use of nutrients to support our immune system and ways to reduce stress and lower blood pressure. He's an advisor for the research and development of nutritional supplements and joined the Healthy Directions family of experts in 1995. Through his books and educating the public on major media outlets, including CNN and MSNBC and the Dr. Oz Show, he's helped tens of thousands of people to achieve better heart health and lead long, healthy, and active lives. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sinatra. Oh, it's nice to be here. Thanks, you for that Great nice to have introduction. You As we said, I am here in uh, Albany, New York, and uh, we'd mentioned this briefly before the show, but you graduated from Albany Medical College, uh, which I... Um, Correct, I did, yes. yes. Yeah, have great respect for and have worked there myself, actually, at the college. Um, So we're going to talk about heart health today. Uh, Maintaining heart health for most of us, I would say, is even difficult in good times. Uh, So talk to us about how we can do this, and is it different with the coronavirus treatment prevention? What can we do to maintain our heart health during these when we're isolated and, in, you know, all of these kinds of restrictions that have been placed on us uh, make it difficult, I think, for us to, or at least we think it's difficult for us to maintain our cardiovascular health. Right, yeah. Uh, it's very important, especially during this COVID-19 crisis, to really focus on cardiovascular health. Now, why do I say that? Well, with the study coming out of China, this came out only about a month ago, where they were looking at 420 patients who had COVID-19 and, and they were hospitalized, but about 19% of those developed cardiovascular disorders. Uh, the term we use for this is myocarditis of the heart. In other words, when any viral infection can affect the lung, because the lung and the heart are in a close proximity of circulation, the heart muscle can get involved. Now, when I was working as a cardiologist, you know, uh, through you know many cities, including uh, Albany, where I did my yeah. internship and that stuff like that. But I remember uh, seeing as a as an intern, a medical resident, a cardiovascular fellow, uh, people would come in with viral infections, and then several weeks later, or a couple of months later, they were rehospitalized for cardiovascular complaints, uh, specifically congestive heart failure. Now, this was not a common occurrence. I would say it happened maybe in about 5 or 10% of cases. But this coronavirus is showing up as a higher percentage. So I have to believe that during this crisis, we need to protect our hearts, uh, just like we need to protect our lungs. So it's, it's really important to focus on cardiovascular health during this time. So we're more at risk. Let's say somebody comes who say those of us or and many people do high blood pressure, high cholesterol, those kinds of things. Like if we get the virus, that means we are more at risk from dying, I guess. Yeah, is that what, what you're, you're talking yeah. about now is comorbidities, uh, basically. Now the comorbidities of this virus is first of all it's age. We all know that. You know, the higher 
you are in the age scale, the more yeah. uh, susceptible you are. In other words, the weaker the immune system. Uh, being male is a comorbidity. Uh, Afro-American comorbidity. Uh, certainly higher blood pressure. That's a, a comorbidity where people uh, uh, can get more complications. But I think the worst comorbidity of this uh, virus, because I've been tracking it day to day, is um, diabetes and particularly if you're diabetic with overweight status at the same time. Now, this can be a gift as well. Uh, uh, suppose some of our listeners are uh, 10 to 20, 30 pounds overweight. Uh, they have diabetes or insulin resistance. Uh, uh, they may or may not be taking insulin. They may be on oral, what we call blood sugar lowering agents. Uh, these people, in a way, um, can really help themselves because one of the things we know is that this virus or these inflammatory cytokines, in other words, uh, these inflammatory mediators that are generated by the virus, they live in fat cells. So if we can take away their home, if we can reduce the fat cells in our body, if we can lose a mere 5 to 10 or 15 pounds, uh, lower our hemoglobin A1Cs, in other words, make ourselves less susceptible to higher blood sugars, we are doing a fantastic job of strengthening our immune system and preventing uh, complications of the virus. Because I'll tell you this, one of the things that I know as, a, as an internist cardiologist is that the higher your blood sugar, you can uh, have a negative impact on your white blood cells. So we call that phagocytosis. In other words, the white blood cell confronts a virus or a bacteria, but sugar, higher blood sugars, uh, are in sort of handcuffs when it comes to uh, eradicating or engulfing these bacteria or viruses because the phagocytosis is sort of stifled. So what can people do in this day and age? Well, the reframe here is, you know, okay, the virus is around us. Uh, there's, there, there are comorbidities. You know, we discussed them. But if you are in that, uh, you can't do anything about your age, let's face it, or your sex. You can't do anything about that. But can you do something about if you're overweight? Yes. Can you do a better diet? Yes. You can take in less sugar, for example. You, you can take in less carbohydrates. You can lose some weight. You can do a little exercise, get a little vitamin D from the sun. There's a lot of things you can do um, by exercising outdoors, taking in less blood sugar, losing weight, because now you're strengthening your immune system and you're taking away a major comorbidity uh, that could render you more vulnerable to uh, developing complications of the virus. So I'm all in when, uh, <laughs> when we can strengthen our immune system, uh, reduce our blood sugar uh, at the same time and thwarting off this virus. Well, I'm all in too, but what do we, we're, you know, they, they're talking about like the, the COVID-19 15 pounds that you gain, you know, they used to say that your freshman year in college, but now this is happening to people who are staying in and isolated and sheltering in place. They're gaining weight, not losing weight. So are there any, what can we, how do we mitigate that? I would, I would say, uh, well, this, this is what I do. Uh, look, you, you raise a very vital point. In other words, if people are staying indoors uh, and they're not going out and they're not doing things, they're not going to the beaches, they're not going to parks, they're not cycling or their bicycles, uh, uh, what can you do? Well, certainly you, you can walk. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, 
there's two great forms of exercise. It's walking and dancing. Now, dancing uh, can be certainly uh, stifled during this, uh, you know, viral situation, unless you want to dance in your own kitchen. But walking outdoors, I think, is the healthiest thing you can do. Uh, and um, I live in Florida part time, and um, you know. When they opened the beaches up, walking on the beaches, I, I thought was a great way of uh, getting exercise. And whenever we walk, now I'm a big proponent of, of the grounding research. I, I've done a lot of uh, research on what it means to walk barefoot and when we take in you know, the grounding energy, the Mother Earth energy, we call it a Schumann effect. But that in itself reduces inflammation in the body. And uh, we've published, you know, lots of work on, on, on earthing and grounding. So what oh, would so be I just like want to stop you. So you're saying if you're on the beach, I mean, I'm not on the beach. Obviously, I'm in Albany and you're I walk, Albany, I walk yeah. about 100 miles, a uh, 100 miles approximately a month. That's what I do. Um, I'm thin, but I haven't lost a pound doing it. But that's okay as long as I maintain, right? But you're talking about if you're on the beach and you don't wear shoes or sandals, Correct. Okay, that's better for you. Just getting the. Absolutely, yeah. Are you privy to any of the grounding research that we've done at all? No, I'm not. I find that very. Talk to us about that. That's very. Yeah, yeah, basically, and uh, uh, we've had anecdotal reports uh, come in uh, to the websites where people had uh, come down with the virus, and uh, when they were earthing or grounding, uh, a lot of their symptoms uh, dissipated. It's it's really amazing. But. We've published about, oh, when I say we, I mean the, the PhDs and the MDs that I work with across the country, oh, approximately about 25 papers uh, on earthing and grounding. And when you put your bare feet on the ground, now you're in Albany right now, the, 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 you're in the springtime, you certainly can't ground in the winter if there's snow outside, although <laughs> we've had people uh, who, who did walk barefoot you know, a little bit on, on snow-infested areas, so to speak. <laughs> but if you walk on concrete or grass or sand, um, you know, these areas conduct the Mother Earth energy, and we call that the Schumann effect. In other words, this is the humming of the Earth. Where does it come from? It comes from lightning strikes, especially around the equator. Um, we wear, you know, lightning strikes the equator maybe, a, you know, a couple thousand times a minute. Uh, this energy from lightning is transferred, or, you know, to the ground of Earth. And when this happens, uh, there's an energetic charge. So it's like taking in, you know, a lot of people know how to take in antioxidants through vitamins and minerals. They, they might take in handfuls of antioxidants like I do. Well, when you walk barefoot on the beach or on concrete or on grass or in the park, uh, you're taking in uh, electrons via the Mother Earth energy, the Schumann resonance, so to speak, the humming of the Earth's energy endowed by the lightning strikes and the as- atmospheric sunspots. And I mean, the list goes on and on. But when you take in this Mother Earth energy, um, you're sequestering what we call free radicals. In other words, instead of taking them away with zinc and coenzyme Q10 and, let's say, uh, beta carotene, now you're sequestering you know, free radical charge with electrons that are taken in through the soles of your feet. Uh, and we call that the K1 in, 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 in acupuncture. But I'll tell you, it sounds very complex, but it's very, very simple. So my, my remedy to your you know, listeners would be whenever you can walk barefoot outside, uh, you're healing your body because you're lowering inflammation. And we know that inflammation is the root cause of not only heart disease, but, but 
cancer and Alzheimer's disease, and there's so many, even diabetes. So basically, when you lower the inflammatory uh, status of, of your body, uh, you're, you're strengthening your body and, and you're healing your body. So I love to earth and ground, and, and, it's, and I do it every day. Well, you every mentioned, day, you said, I mean, you t- talked a lot about it, obviously, but if, one, if somebody wants to go and get more information, you know, add to what you've been saying, you said there's a lot of, you've done a lot of work and there's grounding research and papers, but is there, are there papers, books, or that you recommend for just the general public, not for scientists? Or well, for yeah, physicians? I mean, yeah. Um, uh, there's a book called Earthing, the Greatest Discovery Ever. Um, it's in about 25 different languages. I'm one of the co-authors of it. Uh, we, we wrote that, oh, geez, maybe, oh, gosh, maybe seven or eight years ago. Uh, it's been updated several times. And like I said, it's all over the world. Uh, uh, I will say this, grounding is new. I, I was first introduced to it about 12 or 13 years ago. And, and remember this, when things are found that are, are very helpful to healing the body, it may take a decade or two decades for that to get into mainstream medicine. Uh, I will tell you this, that grounding is in textbooks of cardiology now, uh, because I've, I've, I've written some of the chapters myself. Uh, but, but I feel... Um, uh, it's such a simple maneuver to do. It doesn't cost anything. Um, it's not like taking a drug or anything, but uh, it's it's free and uh, it's easy to do. And um, the only side effect, I will tell you this, because we've shown that grounding thins the blood. Uh, in other words, um, one of the problems with our blood status in the 21st century, it, it, it becomes more like red ketchup. Uh, we, we want our blood to be more like red wine. And the reason why I say that is because we don't want our, our blood to coagulate, become very, very thick, because then it can help produce strokes or heart attacks or something. You know, it's, it's, it's really a risk factor in the 21st century. Um, a lot of our thick blood comes from insecticides, pesticides, uh, electromagnetics, computers, wireless uh, frequencies can thicken the blood. Um, but, but basically, we, we want thinner blood, and um, uh, this is what earthing does. It, it actually thins the blood, and we were the first to uh, do that research about, uh, I think we did that about five years ago. Amazing research that I thought was, uh, you know, some of the best of publications that I've ever done in my, you know, 44 years of being a doctor. So it's, uh, I'll tell you this, the two greatest discoveries I've made in, in my career have been earthing and coenzyme Q10. <laughs> Those are the, t- and by the way, they, they're, they're both electron donors. Uh, you know, they both have very, uh, they have, they have similar characteristics. So, uh, and, and, were, and they were my two greatest, uh, discoveries in medicine. Well, that's fascinating research. I, I want to just throw one, uh, but I have to throw a zinger into this because I'm thinking about, boy, that makes a lot of sense. And I have a huge backyard, and I'm thinking that would be a good thing to do, but I have to throw this in because, and I'm sure you're aware of this, in upstate New York and other places in New England and the middle Atlantic states too, I guess, we have ticks. Oh, ticks yeah. Oh, yeah. are a huge problem. So if I'm walking all over my lawn with these ticks, trying to get my blood thinner and, you know, seep, you know, getting in the earth. How do you, what do you do? Well, <laughs> How can, yeah. that, 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 that's a great question. And, uh, you know, we have ticks in Connecticut. And I, you know, I, Lyme I, disease I live a few is miles from right? Lyme, Connecticut, where, you know, it all originated. Um, I still walk on grass. Now, look, would you walk in tall grass if it's coming up below your knee or stuff like that? No, no. But, you know, if, if, it's, if, if, if the grass is groomed, if it's cut, 
Um, uh, sure. I mean, um, uh, I walk on grass all the time now. Be- before I come to the house, I'll, I'll, you know, I may dip my uh, my uh, feet in water. Um, you know, you carefully, you know, check your feet, uh, especially if you live in an epidemic area or an endemic area where there's lots of ticks. But tall grass is out. It's it's out. And 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 again, um, that's one of the advantages of walking on the beach because when you walk on sand or and the best place to walk on the beach now i know you're in albany but there's a lot of hopefully listeners that live you know near the seashore the best place to walk on sand is when the tide comes in and it meets the sand so it's wet because we know that the wet sand is more conductive of of the uh, energetic forces uh, you know into our k1 acupuncture points of the body the other so you raised a good caveat and i'm glad you raised it the other caveat is this remember earthing thins the blood so people taking coumadin like derivatives uh, blood thinners uh they need to exercise caution uh we've had plenty of patients taking coumadin who were sleeping grounded who uh their blood became too thin so that is a caveat and actually uh we've even made it a contraindication where before you ground if you're taking uh, serious blood thinners that you, you must discuss it with your physician uh especially you know uh because we don't want the blood to get too thin uh, and you know a lot of what people if- do that they take garlic onions they'll, they'll eat a lot of garlic and onions they'll take natokinase or lumbrokinase or, or different vitamins and minerals <laughs> that thin the blood and sometimes the blood can get too thin so we we have to you know be cautious of that as well well, I did the taking the garlic, fresh garlic for a while, but I think I overdid it and I smelled like garlic all day long. So I had to sort of nix that. But if you like lowering your blood pressure, I just want to get back to some of the, we're talking about comorbidity and uh, uh, the coronavirus. If people are taking blood pressure medication lower, you know, to lower your blood pressure, does that, and, and your blood pressure is normal. Several people asked me this question because they knew I was going to be talking to you on the show. But um, does that then are you no longer at risk or are you in the same risk category as somebody who has normal blood pressure without taking medication? Normal blood pressure without taking medication uh, is a far less comorbidity. If you have hypertension, uh, that's a comorbidity. Now, this is sort of controversial, my next point, but I, but I want to raise it because I think it's important. The European Congress of Cardiology and some of the European societies have stipulated that patients who are taking certain ACE inhibitors or ARBs to lower blood pressure, um, this can uh, react with uh, what we call receptor sites in the lung. Uh, we call it ACE2. It's a little bit complex, but but some of the blood pressure lowering meds can make one more vulnerable to soaking up the virus in the lung. Now, the American, the American College of Cardiology, the American Heart Association do not agree with these other organizations in Europe. See, it's, it's, it's very typical. If you go to five different doctors, you may get five different opinions. Now, the medical societies are fighting one another, you know, or yeah. not fighting, but disagreeing with one another. I mean... During the COVID-19 crisis, I think what's, what's going to happen is, I, I, are you familiar with retrospective analysis where they look at all the cases of COVID-19 or, you know, different scientists, medical students, uh, doctors, et cetera, uh, they do clinical studies on this. And what they're going to find out is um, if people were taking certain pharmaceutical drugs, uh, were they protected 
during COVID-19 or were they compromised during COVID-19? And I think that data is going to come out over the next uh, uh, several months. Uh, so we'll have more information to, to address your question. If you are taking some pharmaceutical drugs, could that be a strength or could that be a weakness uh, you know, in the COVID-19 era? So, in other words, right now we don't really know. We we have to wait. You're saying and six yes. months. In, in other yeah, words, six, uh, you know, I, I had both of my sisters, for example, on ACE inhibitors. I told them not to to stop the drug until more information, uh, you know, uh, came to light. Uh, I, I mean, I will say this, and 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 I said this before. You know, you know, walking, cycling, uh, losing weight you know, taking away the home for the inflammatory cytokines. Sugar. Sugar is one of the worst things we can put into our body. So uh, to your listeners, the simple things, the simple things you can do, um, uh, I think, uh, are the most productive. And, and uh, you know, and they're not only simple, they're, they're, really, they, they, you really, have control over them. I mean, we, exactly. we have so little control over a lot of things, but what you're saying is, why don't we just take control over the things that we do have control over? And that will help... Right? They're simple and exactly. we do have control. Taking yeah. less sugar. So if you're a coffee drinker and you're putting in two, three, four <laughs> teaspoons <laughs> of sugar, this is going to weaken your immune system. Uh, so uh, if you want to stay with your coffee, I say, sure, I stay with coffee. But, you know, try not to use sweeteners with the coffee. Try to wean yourself off. In other words, th- th- this is a way of w- we can be productive but not self-destructive at the same time. Uh, you know, sometimes these little epidemics can uh, sort of tease out some of our not-so-healthy, you know, lifestyle habits that a lot of people take for granted, for example. You know, overzealous use of alcohol. That's another one because alcohol is sugar. So, you know, um, you know, people are drinking a lot of wine. They're taking in a lot of sugar, drinking a lot of beer. This is sugar. This can weaken the immune system. So I always, my plea is, you know, take in less and, 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 and again, we, we, we want to be productive here without hurting ourselves at the same time. Well, I have the black coffee and no sugar, but I do have the wine, I have to admit. Um, I do look forward to that, but uh, not a sugar person in terms of food or putting extra sugar in my coffee or whatever. So um, what do you Well, predict? wine has resveratrol. Remember that. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. wine has some other characteristics in it, especially red wine. And resveratrol, uh, it's a, it, you know, it, it's found in a line, the lining of the red grape. I mean, uh, we put it in our vitamin and mineral formulas. And if people want to pick up resveratrol uh, online, I, I think 30 to 100 milligrams is a great dose. What resveratrol does, it, it, it tends to inhibit viral replication in cells. So um, uh, if you take in a little red wine, uh, now, red wine doesn't contain a lot of resveratrol, uh, but again, it does, does contain some, I mean, you know, very minute quantities. But if you did one or two glasses of red wine, uh, you know, four or five, six days a week, uh, I don't see a problem with that. Every day, I worry about red wine every day because uh, I like to give our livers a rest at least one or two days a week because uh, I like red wine myself and I'm a heart yeah. specialist and I, and I know over time, Every day drinking red wine can, um, you know, have a downside. So moderation is what you're saying. Moderation Moderation, and I've mentioned this on my show many times, but I have a 97-year-old mother who, that's how she's lived her life, and it's served her well. I mean, she gets her, yeah, blood work back and it's normal. Yeah. Moderation. she drinks red wine. She drinks red wine, but 
to be honest, she drinks scotch. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, you yeah. look, you know, there's always, you know, that, you know, your genetics are strong. Re- remember this. The French um, have... It's, one of the highest cholesterols in Western Europe. The average French cholesterol is between 250 and 275. They have the lowest incidence of heart disease in Western Europe. This is kind of interesting. We call it the French paradox. You know, um, what do the French do? Well, the French drink a lot of red wine. Uh, even these French salmoniers, you know, I've, I've met them, uh, you know, at different conferences where they were serving red wine and, and different restaurants and stuff. And some of these salmoniers, they start drinking red wine at age eight years old, that they told me. And uh, we've we got to remember that the, even though the French have the lowest incidence of uh, heart disease in Western Europe, they have the highest incidence of cirrhosis in the world. So you trade off over time, you know, uh, you know different, let's say, you know, comorbidities in your own body. So again, uh, you know, over time, uh, alcohol will weaken the liver, and and remember, there's so many liver toxins in the environment right now that uh, we just have to be cautious about you know our exposure to all these liver toxins going forward. And again, overzealous use of alcohol is uh, an apatotoxin. There's no doubt about it. So, in other words, we have to put moderation. Pick your poisons. Do the simple things. Correct. Take control over those things that you can that will make it, that you, will help you to become to be healthy. Um, okay, a couple minutes left. We only have a couple minutes left. We're talking to Dr. Stephen Sinatra, and uh, so give us some websites. Fascinating, uh, really, lots of good information, new information. Um, where can we? What websites can we go to to find well, out more about well, you? Well, people work? want information. Uh, my heart. MDinstitute.com website is really good. It's, it's loaded with hundreds of pages of incredible information. Even on the coronavirus, it's on the front page. And my daughter, uh, who works with me, she's an attorney, a really outstanding writer. Um, you know, she, she and I update the coronavirus uh, every week. We, we update it with new, newer information. Uh, Vervana, V-E-R-V-A-N-A.com is my healthy food website. <laughs> you know, I believe in olive oils. Uh, olive oils bring a lot to the table. Uh, uh, and I believe in healthy non-GMO foods. And, and, and we have an Ageless Pause website, which um, uh, I, I love dogs. Uh, you know, I was the one that started using coenzyme Q10 in dogs, you know, <laughs> decades ago. I mean, I just think dogs are just man's best friend cats too i mean i I love cats but you know we 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 give supplements to uh animals uh as as well and uh and then my vitamin website uh is um uh that's drsinatra.com that's where you know we we use vitamins and minerals in uh, uh oh my gosh i've been using supplements for my last you know 30 40 years of my life i just uh i have a strong belief in targeted nutritional supplements you know, particularly particularly in this computerized age that we're living in. Great. Great information. Thanks so much for being on the show today. It was really a pleasure well, talking to you. Thanks for your questions. Your yeah. questions are real prerogative, and uh, <laughs> time went by, but I it hope did. Uh, our listeners you know, got something out of it. That's they what it's definitely all about. did. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 